Right. We get said and done, but there's no fun in not talking about it. I'm joined here by Quinn Carson and Robbie Courtway. We're going to take a quick look at the previous week's results with a little bit of spice sprinkled in afterwards. That and more after this on this episode of the Vampire Journal Podcast. I got the pleasure of joining both of you guys in the studio. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Robbie, what's going on, brother? Man, not a lot. I'm just glad to be here with you guys and talk a little fantasy football. Well, fantasy football, you are in luck because that's what here we are here to talk about. Quinn, week four, your projections. You had Chase beating Daniel. You had Steven beating Robbie. You had Kurt beating Quinn. Things didn't go according to plan, but they still went in your favor. Tell me about your matchup between yourself and Kurt. Well, for that one, I definitely had guessed uh, that I would beat the vampire. Or, excuse me, beat Kurt this weekend. I apologize, my bad. Uh, I had beat the vampire last week. Um, and I was wrong in that assessment, and I had thought I potentially could lose the vampire, losing a player, and then not rebounding and losing to Kurt. Instead, I defended against the vampire and came in fully functional against Kurt, who obviously is still without Christian McCaffrey, and I was able to take advantage and get the win. But against my QPC projection. So again, I was kind of wrong. So I went one uh, one and two this week. Tell me, do you think that you had a better shot of winning knowing that Christian McCaffrey was on the bench? Uh, oh, definitely. Like, him not being a part of uh, Kurt's big three, as I like to think about it this year, his big three running backs that he purchased in the auction very early in the rounds, that part I uh, I definitely um, thought he'd go a different direction. So, uh, I had a feeling I'd say that. Going in a different direction. You only had three players that scored over 20 points this week. Did that make you nervous that you might lose to Kurt? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know me, my big thing is to try and put as many players in my starting roster who can score over 20 points. And it's done well for me this year so far, but I've been battling injuries, and everybody uh, can, can uh, attest to that as well as the COVID scheduling differences and people and teams getting knocked out. So everybody's been taking hits and myself, it's getting harder and harder to make sure you've got as many 20 point scores as possible out there. Now you've been effective in scoring 20 points or more in a lot of roster positions, 
But you've also allowed a league low 383.5 points against. Tell me, what's your secret to a good defense in fantasy football? And how do you manage to be 160 points ahead of the next best defense in the league? At this point, I think it comes down to uh, hitting people at the right time. But more importantly, a good offense, I think, kind of puts people in their, you know, shaking in their boots. And I feel like they, they decide to sit teams and just give up early and, you know, keep watching the NBA finals or something. Uh, so I, I feel like they just kind of, they see me jump ahead and they just kind of give up at that point. Robbie, quick crossfire. You've allowed a league high 635 points again. Tell me, what's your team's shortcomings on the defensive end this fantasy season? Well, I think Al Quinn said with uh, leaving people shaking their boot, I don't know if that really uh, rings true to my side because I've definitely put up a lot of points week in and week out. And then I've just got to go up against, if not the high score, one of uh, one or two of the high score uh, leaders every single week. Uh, so, yeah, I've kind of ran up against like a train and it's kind of like, Match me in the mouth, even though I had a chance. Well, speaking of shaking in your boots, you had the closest, you had the second closest matchup of the week in your matchup against Steven. You merged victorious 124.3 to 112.4. Tell me what was going through your head as you uh, sweated out the Monday night affair. There was a good bit going out uh, because I thought there was a chance Kelsey might not play. So decision-making going into that Monday night game, I thought some Kansas, I thought the Kansas City game just might just get scratched at the last moment. So I just tried to go as little Kansas City as possible because obviously my team relies pretty heavily on the offense of Kansas City with Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, so Ruth Kelsey, Kelsey had a you know, decent game, just got one big chunk play, which helped. It was about 49 yards, I think. So kind of passed the stats. But going into the Monday night game uh, with Green Bay in Atlanta, I was pretty nervous uh, with Matt Ryan coming in. I thought it was going to be a bit of a shootout. It did not turn out that way because Todd Gurley scooped up two touchdowns. And luckily I held on with Julio going out. Calvin Ridley not scoring a touchdown then. Matt Ryan under the ball. But I, I was pretty nervous going through all that game. I was. Quinn, let me ask you. Steven seemed to put together a much more formidable lineup this week. He did. Uh, he failed to register more than one player that scored 20 in the starting lineup. But he gave Robbie a real scare. Tell me, uh, you had Steven winning the QPC projections. That didn't ring true. But what do you think this week showed for his forecast for the rest of the season? Well, you know, uh, record books don't tell you the stories all the time. And I think everybody in the league. Even you as- from story in the Ray Lewis podcast where you had me seventh overall in the historic power rankings. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I had you seventh, uh, higher than others. Others had you lower. Uh, people that aren't allowed on this podcast right now. Uh, think even lower of you, Daniel. So think about that when you go up against the vampire next. But for me, uh, the biggest thing um, 
that I I thought about with Steven's squad um, was the fact that late in the day on Sunday, we all thought that Robbie could still lose. And we thought it was heading towards a loss. So he did come out with a win. But the story of the fight was that it was a back and forth battle. Um, one of the big reasons I think uh, Robbie has lost and gotten by by the skin of his teeth these first four weeks is a stat that I've collected is that through four weeks, Robbie with the most quarterbacks of any owner in the league with three quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Tom Brady, he has actually picked the wrong quarterback to play each week so far this season. At some point or at each week, a quarterback on his bench has outscored his starting quarterback that he's ran with. Uh, also, so might to that, he has the two most expensive quarterbacks in the league, Patrick mm. Mahomes, $25, and Lamar Jackson at $23. As well, Tom Brady, his third quarterback, was taken at $2. Everyone else in the league, their secondary quarterback came in at $1. So he played a high price for all his positions. Again, he can only one run one at a time. And in this case, we've seen Robbie actually not pick right. So, Robbie, how do you pick your quarterbacks each week? Well, initially, I, I thought I was just going to try to go with a hot hand, and that's what it was. Week in, week out, like, I would choose wrong, like you said. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I started off, uh, I think, with Mahomes. And then, well – Anyways, yes. I just I, I think I did, yeah. You've been flip flopping basically between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And then week in and week out. So you see the second week Lamar goes in Houston and has a decent game. Not that good, but Mahomes plays pretty well against Kansas City. I think he put up forty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against, I'm sorry, against uh the Chargers. Um but yeah, week in, week out, it's I got thought I should just go with the odd hand and it just, just come back and bite me in the butt. And especially like that Monday night game against uh who was I playing against that week? I, is, I think it was you, Daniel, yeah. And I, I had Mahomes on the bench. Oh uh, yeah. Mahomes that's went forty. That's when he went for forty. Yeah, yeah. that's when he went for forty. And Lamar oh, put up God. like like maybe fifteen. And mm. it just it really played out not how I wanted it to. But I think the, the answer is I thought it was going to go hot hand, but now I'm just going to stick with one, and we'll see what that is. Well, this week you picked right. Between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, the two, uh, you could say, most sought-after quarterbacks in fantasy football, uh, Lamar scored 25.02 in our league, and Patrick got 20 points, so you, you picked right there. But Tom Brady, your third quarterback, scored 32 points this week even in his uh, in or last week in that win against the chargers. So really yeah, yeah. we should look at potentially who those quarterbacks are playing rather than say, who's got the hand last week, see who they're playing this week. Cause Tom played the chargers and he scored big and Mahomes has played the chargers and been your highest scoring guy. So maybe we see when Lamar plays the chargers, you know what I'm saying? Quinn, I have a question for you. Um, just real quick about like, as far as quarterbacks go at the end of the, season who do you think out of my three quarterbacks will be the leading fantasy scorer uh oh i'd probably say at this point patrick mahomes i mean we're a quarter of the way through the regular season so lamar jackson has not 
hit that unbelievable level of fantasy scoring just yet for us. I don't think he's had 40 points or 30. Has he had like 30 points yet? I'm not sure. I don't um, think he has. Yeah. So in that well, case, like he's four, he's four games behind Patrick on doing these, these fantasy scoring stuff. So I, I suspect that if everybody continues at their rate, that's just going to be Patrick at this point. Cause he got started on time. Speaking of leading scores, the highest scoring matchup of the week and the final one we'll review is Chase Vickery coming in at a 154.9 league high total for the week and a high score over Jan Pyre's stand brother at 143.12. The margin of 11 points was the tightest on the weekend and uh, it featured something that kind of came down to Monday night. Kansas City's defense got a late pick six, thrusting their point total up to 18, bringing the total what it was. Tony Badger. Um, Quinn, tell me, your projections bring truths. You had Chase to come out with a victory over me. Uh, what does that say for both teams looking forward this week? Well, you know, in terms of my QPC projections, uh, I've got solo dolo finishing at eight and five and uh jampires stampires brother finishing at six and seven uh because i have you i had you hitting the vampire in hard times i mean you're hitting them three times this year pretty you know early second you know going against him and i just had you losing a couple more assets than potentially you might lose at this point because you're still really strong and the vampire has yet to win a game so uh currently though you're at two and two, so I see you sort of heading towards maybe even a better six and seven finish than my projections look at. Chase is at three and one, so he's right on the path of eight and five. Uh, you know, if he happens to see a week where he can lose a game, you know, or something like that, so he might he might throw one or something. But um, the biggest point, you know, is I I think it's interesting to look. Uh, that really close high score is 154.9 for chase. I didn't even see that I scored 154.38. So um, three big scores, Kurt under a hundred points this week needs to really uh, improve that. And then Robbie uh, obviously came out and survived too. So when we look at you, Daniel, I think you're right in the pack. You've uh, forced yourself 553 points uh, which puts you in fourth place in points earned, but in terms of points allowed, uh, you're actually allowing a lot of points too. So I think if that evens out in general, you're going to win more games too. So, Well, I'm going to tell you about winning games is that Keenan Allen and Allen Rickman have more in common than Isaac Bruce and Bruce Willis. That and more after this. What? Hi. I'm Batman, and these are the die-hard drinking game rules. Anytime somebody says, Merry Christmas, take a drink. Nakatomi, take a drink. Anytime somebody says, Hans, drink. Cowboy, drink. Beethoven plays, take a drink. Sig is lit, take a drink. I'm Batman. Virgil, don't do it! When an elevator dings, take a drink. When someone dies, take a drink. I was molded by the light, raised in it, 
Anytime Ellis snorts cocaine, take a drink. Or only see Bruce Willis's feet, take a drink. Finish your drink. When Ellis says, Hans movie. Anytime Willis says, yippee ki motherfucker. Finish your drink. If they say, die hard, finish your drink. We got a weird little feeling where I'm going to tell you about the top five <laughs> scores at every position. And I'm going to tell you guys the top five at every position real quick, and I'll let you two do a little Stephen A. Smith and get Bayless bit on each one. Who's Stephen A. and who's Skip? I'll let y'all figure that out. Clearly, I'm Skip. Oh, God. Okay. What do you, why is that? I don't get that, but yes, let's go. And we're back. Die Hard, of course, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. And speaking of Christmas, Christmas came early for the fantasy owners that possess the players we're going to talk about in this next segment. Right now, I'm going to review the top five scores at each fantasy-relevant position, as long as uh, as well as the couple outliers. And I'm going to get in-studio analyst Quinn Carson and Robbie Courtway to tell me what they think about it. That segment begins now. Quinn, Robbie, you guys ready to rock and roll? I've been ready this whole time. Of course I've been ready. Okay, perfect. So these rankings are going to be based on fantasy total points. I'm going to denote points per game when it is relevant. Starting with quarterback, the top five scoring quarterback by total points. Number one, Russell Wilson. Two, Dak Prescott. Three, Josh Allen. Four, Patrick Mahomes. Five, Aaron Rodgers. Worth noting, number eight in the total points and points per game, Lamar Jackson. Number seven in points per game. Number 16 in total points, Cam Newton. Quinn, Robbie does possess two of the top eight quarterbacks, but he possesses zero of the top three. Where his draft dollars wasted. Daniel, it's hard to find an answer that doesn't start with no. I think that the fact that Robbie has these three amazing quarterbacks who have won seven rings between them and Lamar Jackson's going to win his own someday, I think that he's got great ability to trade as the season goes along and because he made such a bad decision in the draft of buying all three of them he'll at least have great quarterbacks left if the vampire steals him when he doesn't have his lineup to support the rest of his position play robbie let me ask you quinn says you made bad decisions off draft night he also says you're a good candidate to trade Dak Prescott, the number two quarterback in fantasy, he's also on Quinn's roster. Are there any of the quarterbacks you're willing to move to acquire Dak from Quinn? Daniel, I tell you here and right now that there is not a chance, not a chance that I would ever get rid of Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, or Patrick Mahomes for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott does not know what to do with the football. You put the ball in his hands, the Cowboys cannot come through. No chance. Quinn, anything you want to add to the matter? 
we know that the Cowboys are America's team. They have been and always will be. And Jerry Jones puts his money where his mouth is in both his quarterbacks and his running backs. We know it's true with Patrick Mahomes that he is unproven, in my opinion, compared to what Dak <laughs> Prescott does in Dallas every weekend. Speaking about putting your money where your mouth is, I feel like I wouldn't be given my two cents in if I didn't mention that cursed quarterback Cam Newton is number seven on a points-per-game basis. That given, he did miss week four with a COVID scare. Uh, do you think that Kurt has some fool's golden cam, or has he got the real deal moving forward? You know, uh, one thing I'd like to say, shout out to to Chase Vickery, is this week... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what can, I get a, can I get a what from Chase? Chris, give me so bad. Yeah, give me a what from Chase. <laughs> so, so Chase got me onto uh, these fantasy research sites about that were like helping you with projections and stuff, and I got to take a look at some numbers. And Cam looks damn good going the rest of the season, um, if not for the hope that he can stay healthy and doesn't have any residual side effects from being COVID positive. But then in the other case, uh, I think that the schedule he faces and the style of offense will get better and better. And as long as he can stay healthy in all forms, like he's going to be great. So that's my, that's my thought. Well, as we look for Cam to bounce back in week five, these running backs bounce back no matter what. These are the top five fantasy running backs through four weeks. Number one, Alvin Kamara. Number two, Aaron Jones. Number three, Dalvin Cook. Number four, Zeke Elliott. Number five, Chris Carson. Number two, on a point-per-game basis, despite only playing two games, Christian McCaffrey. Number six, on a point-per-game basis, despite playing two games, Raheem Mostert. Robbie, tell me, you don't roster any of these running backs other than Aaron Jones. Do you feel confident in your top running back decision? As far as who I selected first, yes, I do. Uh, taking Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be a great payoff, especially with uh, Lazard missing time for up to six weeks, I think. He's probably not coming back to week 10 with uh, the core surgery he had. Um, but I, I definitely made a mistake this year, uh, as I've made a mistake every single year in the auction draft, which I'm still just trying to get my feet wet. Uh, but I did not draft enough uh, running backs, did not make the right choices there. But I think hopefully if things pan out, uh, I could still eat some stuff out. But it's going to be, uh, I'm going to skate on thin ice, especially if Taylor does not keep getting snapped. Quinn, you, dra you drafted number one running back Alvin Kamara, but something tells me you'd rather have number four running back Zeke Elliott. Are you going to stay put at the running back position, or could we see some movement in your roster throughout the season? I'm super happy with Alvin Kamara and the fact that he's performed so well. I would be out of this world happy if I had another cowboy on my roster, we all know this to be true. But um, in this case, 
uh, I've hit the injury bug, Daniel, throughout the season. So for me, it's attempting to uh, hang tight and hang with uh, my strongest guys and believe in them 100%, and that's Alvin Kamara right now. Speaking of strongest guys, Robbie, tell me, between Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, who do you think would punch you harder in the face? Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones has the best smile I think I've ever seen in my face. I just, I, when he smiles, I just, would he really punch me as hard as he could? I don't know. I know nothing about Dalvin, but, you know. Well, swinging from best smiles to best hands, I'm now going to give you the top five wide receivers in fantasy through four weeks. Number one, Amari Cooper. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Number three, Calvin Ridley. Number four, Tyler Lockett. Number five, Stefan Diggs. Worth noting, number one on a points-per-game basis off of two games, Devontae Adams. Number four on a points-per-game basis, Jamison Crowder. Quinn, tell me you got numbers one and two off the board, Cooper and Hopkins. You think that's going to be sustainable throughout the rest of the season? You know, I go back and uh, I was really proud to pick up Hopkins, you know. <laughs> I paid $23 for that chance. Boy. You're a proud boy? Uh, proud boy, eh? Yeah, proud boy, yeah. So, uh, you know, $32 between him and Amari Cooper. So I think that's something really interesting to point out um, because I paid 32 for those two guys who are both the top two wide receivers right now. And Julio Jones, who's been on my bench with a hammy in injury, I paid 30 whole dollars for just for him. So in terms of value, I think I did great. You know, I really want to keep on um, that idea that those guys mean a lot to me because they were gotten for such a great deal and they've been performing well. So they're my guys. And Quinn, let me ask you, in terms of things that mean a lot to you, I know that the production value of this podcast means a lot to you. Do you have that noise, the breaking, like, ESPN, da-na-na, da-na-na noise? Yes. Okay, that's awesome, because we just talked about DeAndre, uh, Devontae Adams. I want you to know that right now, Right here on the podcast, we've got breaking news because the trade has just been accepted <laughs> between Chase Vickery and Daniel Week. Really? The trade is Devontae Adams and Robbie Gould to Daniel Week for Michael Thomas and Matt Prater. Quinn, I know you worked with Chase on a potential trade for a little while the other night. How do you feel to be blindsided by my working behind your back with Chase? You know, um, you can go to a store and get a discount any time of the week, I think. Uh, and, and I feel like that's what happened here. Good. That's good. <laughs> oh, we have breaking <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> oh, wow. Robbie, Quinn, do you guys have any questions for me, or should we just move on? As no, no, move let's, sit, let's sit here for a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll take some, some, some time here. I'll, I'll leave some time. Robbie, you got a question about it? 
No, well, I mean, as far as the trade goes, or just about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about this trade, right? Yeah. About the trade, I mean, well, I mean, it's clearly the you know Chase trying to get the the kicker he needs uh, because what, what is the timetable for Devonte? Is that well, he's still, on a bye week right now, Devontae, and, and he put out a, he, the wouldn't let him play in week four, and then he's right, deleted, right. He had and so deleted the Packers, tweet, yeah, and that they only rest him week four, knowing they had a week five bye. And that he would return 100% healthy for week six. And angry at this point. And speaking of angry, Aaron Rodgers has looked angry at the media and all the doubters so far in the season, despite injuries to many of his top receivers. Uh, he looks like he's hungry for a true wide receiver one. Could you say he has a hatred for love? I would, I've said that each of the last six mornings when I've woken up. <laughs> um well I've got <laughs> some history with Chase this week about trying to do a trade. And uh let's start from the bottom of the trade. Um in this part in my question to you Daniel is tell me about the kickers. Sure. So in the short term, uh I don't think that Mike <laughs> Thomas is going to be 100% ready to go this week. Devontae Adams, as we mentioned, is on a bye this week. So I feel that that is a wash. However, my kicker, Matt Crater, for the Detroit Lions is on a bye this week. I am currently facing Kurt and projected to lose by just under 4.3.8 points. So kicker could make all the difference this week. Uh, Kurt is suffering from a string of injuries. And I feel like I really need to take advantage to stay afloat above 500. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you gave him your kicker as well. Yeah. So the kicker swap for Chase's quote unquote second team kicker is <laughs> uh -huh. well as the trade of Michael Thomas for Devontae Adams. I personally didn't like what I saw out of Michael Thomas week one pre-ankle injury. Everybody's talking about uh, Drew, Drew Brees struggles throwing the deep ball this year. Kamara's looks like a stud. They need to get him the ball as much as possible. So, you know, what I'm concerned about is I don't think Michael Thomas is going to replicate previous year's success. That's totally understandable. And he's coming off an injury as well. You know, these injury bugs have been solid. So, you know, it's just... Yeah, I, don't, I do not think Thomas is going to have what... He's got like 112 catches or something like that. Like, he's close to like 110 range past couple years. Like, the stuff he's catching is just ridiculous. So, yeah, so I just I mean, voted on the way. Yeah, so uh, a little bit... I have some, some E60 uh, backstory for this trade as well uh you know there was a night where i had gotten to an impasse with chase we couldn't find a a place to agree upon um in our trading and i actually looked at him and i said you know you know chase you should go look at michael thomas go get michael thomas from daniel uh he's got something there i think that's a good look for you and so i'm i'm not uh surprised that that this happened and actually, I give it my blessing, you know. Well, speaking of not surprised, 
when I read to you the scoring list of the top five tight ends, you're not going to be surprised <laughs> by the number one name, Kansas City Pete, Travis Kelsey. However, the number two name might surprise you, Robert Tonyan from the Green Bay Packers. Number three, Darren Waller. Number four, Noah Fant. Number five, Mark Andrews. Robbie, the tight end situation in scoring this year seems to be pretty fluid. Tell me, what do you know about being fluid, and how do you think that's going to help you in fantasy this year? Well, Daniel, if I know one thing for being fluid, it's you really have to always be accompanied by the wet and dry sensations of life. You really just have to go with the ebbs and flows that life takes you down and go past that river that takes you down the brook of the steamy nature that is the tight ends of fantasy football. So whenever you get up to, like, uh, Robert Tanyan, uh, he had three touchdowns, I guess, on Monday night against Atlanta. Uh, and so right now I think that's the guy to look out because Aaron Rodgers loves looking at tight ends, especially when you have two of your top wide receivers out. Uh, I think he's got real potential. Uh, Mark Andrews has been – I thought he would have a lot more of a big season so far, but uh, him and uh, Lamar have really failed to connect. Uh, as far as Kelsey goes, I've been very happy. Uh, he still puts up good numbers. He'll still get a lot of yardage. Uh, maybe not a lot of yardage and touchdowns, but still a good number. Quinn, speaking of keeping your eye on tight ends, mm-hmm. you've got two of the tightest in the game, George Kittle and Darren Waller. Kittle managed to break 40 points last week, and Waller's been a stud across the season so far. Do you have any consideration towards playing a two-tight end lineup moving forward? I have thought about that. Um, if you remember to quote uh, my podcast last week, I was giving Kittle one more week, and obviously I was completely wrong about that with his 40-point day. So uh, he's in my starting lineup this week up against Travis Kelsey across the board. But um, I guess it's Juju Smith-Schuster is in the flex position um, for uh, for Robbie's team. So I'm actually thinking about running – um, Darren Waller uh, this week at the flex because again I have so many questionable players I've got Joe Mixon queued up uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones so um, it's possible well it speaking of Mixon and mumbling and <laughs> bumbling and stumbling we're on to Moose's musing we just touched on the top five at position Robbie I'm going to put you on the spot now who do you for who do you project is the fantasy MVP and LVP least valuable player at season's end based off of four weeks? Uh, Daniel, I hate to say this, but off like the straight gut shot that you just hit to me, I was really hoping for Kenny and Drake to be able to turn it around. But I don't know if this I, – I, I believe in faith in this, like, Arizona offense with Hopkins, they can do it, but they've not utilized Kenny Drake enough. I just, I don't know if it's going to end well. Um, so he's going to be my LVP. That's probably going to come around to bite me in the butt when you kick my ass in a couple weeks. Who knows? Uh, as far as like my most valuable player, um, I, ooh, that is a tough one because there's, I, I don't know. Um, think I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. I'm going to ride with my team. I'm going to ride or die. Bad boys for life, Aaron Jones. Nice. 
Yeah, I like where you had that in terms of the most valuable player. You only paid $23 for Aaron Jones during the draft. He's currently the number two running back in the league. Um, in terms of a least valuable player, I'm going to stay on my team, Robbie, because I think you're in the right direction. But I'm going to say that Saquon Barkley is going to be the least valuable player in the league. He only played in two games this season. Uh, and it really hurt my roster because I went out during the auction draft and spent $57 on him. In terms of a fantasy most valuable player, I'm going to look over to Quinn's roster because I really have my eye on Alvin Kamara, currently the number one running back in fantasy. Mm -hmm. Quinn only paid $38 for him, far less than Saquon, obviously. Also less than Christian McCaffrey. Quinn, who do you got for most and least valuable player in fantasy? Well, I like where you were headed, but let me tell you where you went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so my least valuable player is going to be Tom Brady off of his team. And it's going to be the third string quarterback in a vampire because league. Three quarterback? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that he's the least valuable because of his ability to actually um, contribute those numbers he'll put up to his team. So I, I think that's where I'm going to go with my LVP. Um, Can I uh, add real quick? I noticed in my uh, – I was doing a little research on spending for quarterback. Robbie spent $2 on Tom Brady. Everybody else spent $1 on their backup quarterback. I like your thinking about how Robbie could have spent that money elsewhere. I think that it's worth noting that for the same $2 that Robbie spent on Tom Brady, he could have acquired Todd Gurley. He could have acquired Joe Burrow. Could have acquired a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with your thinking there. Who's your MVP? Uh, MVP for my league is actually going to be, um, I'm going to give it up to the Colts defense. Cause Daniel, you told me a stat, uh, the other day about the Colts defense. I thought it was brilliant. Do you still remember that? I do. Yeah. The stat is as follows. The Colts scored 58 fantasy points on the season. Yeah. Tight end Darren Waller scored 57.7 yeah, points on the season. Just great stuff. The number one fantasy defense has scored more than the number three fantasy tight end. Robbie might have salt in his mouth because of potato chips. He might also have salt in his mouth because he traded both of those players to Quinn before the previous fantasy week. Yeah, and to add one last thing about the Colts' defense um, is obviously the reason they were traded to me was we saw their schedule, obviously. and it, it looked like um, it was going to be easy going at the beginning of the season and get more difficult as we go on. So right now the most valuable player is this Colts' defense, so we'll see if they can keep that up and finish the season that way. Speaking of keeping it up. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> wait, wait. We don't, you don't want to talk about the trade? We never got to talk about the trade. No, I'm, I just, I, I don't. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, I, I want to move past it. Okay. Well, speaking of being I mean, past like, I think your guys are doing good, who I traded to you, by the way. Like, you're doing good. 
You're going to get in the last laugh. I'm going to tell you what the fifth week of the fantasy season and the fifth position in a musical standpoint have in common. That after a word from our sponsors. Moose Corway here. Tonight, one-time special, $25 trombones. We got all sorts. Tenor, alto, maybe soprano? Come on down. Get a trombone from your boy, Rob Dog the Bone. Come bone one out. Moose special. He will make sure you are lubed up right. Also, suck my antlers. Um, oh, do we need to cover uh, COVID for Cam on Kurt's team? Like, oh. the mention is he's an out technically still. So does he get to go on the I? Like, basically, can we say that, like, Kurt could put Cam and use the IR this week? Because technically he could if he wanted to run with someone other than Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm going against Kurt this week, so I'm not going to say it. But if you want to, you can. Okay. Well, uh, there's the there's the bit right there. I'll just chop it in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ready when you are, Captain. Robbie's taking a piss. Love it. Dude, he is fucked. He's got three, <laughs> three running backs on IR. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Bell's on IR. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, all three on IR. Cam Newton out. He's got two kickers. Rob Gronkowski. T.Y. Hilton is currently 73rd in the league. <laughs> and Mark Ewan's 42. Daniel, real quick, do you think he should move one of his uh, star players, just in general, to build his team back up? Or do you think he should wait? Uh, I mean, well, you've got he, two on the IR as well, so how do you how do you feel? I built my team in a structure to where I would hopefully be a target of trade later on in the season. So I'm open to trade and I built my team in a sense to where I hope that I could uh, facilitate some moves. For sure. So when you got in with, with Chase, did you try to get an upper hand in the trade at all? Well, it's interesting you talk about an upper hand because when you engage in trade negotiations, um, you know, you think that everything's going fine. And then one thing goes wrong. One thing goes wrong. And then and another. another. And, and another. another. And you, and try, you try to fight, fight back, back. But the harder you fight, the deeper, the deeper you, you get. sink. So, so you, you can't, can't move. move. Can't breathe. Because you're in over your, your head. head. Like quicksand. That's some deep shit, Shane. Some deep shit.
Anything else you're afraid of? Going back to the mini mart. The shipping yard. The auto plant. Prison. Yeah, all right. So anyways, with week five ahead of us, uh, Quinn, I want you to talk to me about your matchup this week because you're going against none other than Robert Courtway, who's also here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Currently, you're projected at 144.5 to Robbie's 134.8. That a big enough cushion for you. How do you feel going into the week? And do you think that you can squash Robbie's hopes for the season in one fell swoop? Well, Robbie needs to get on the on the war path pretty quick. Um, but in terms of how you look at cellular um, as it goes in the first four games of the season, uh, basically a th- almost a third of our regular season. He's one and three, and I had him in the QPC projections at four and nine, so he's kind of right on schedule for me. Um, but what do you have? What do you have in the QPC projections between the two of you? I got me winning this week. Okay, okay, Robbie. Uh, what do you say? Is is Quinn's gold standard set in gold, or can you thwart it? Uh, just like General Custer said, nothing is ever set in stone. Nothing gold can stay. Um, and as far as that goes, I don't know. Is Josh Jacobs going to have, you know, is he going to have a 17.5 plus game against the Kansas City front? I don't I'm, I know uh, New England kind of gashed him a good bit, but I think the way Jacobs is getting touched, taken away from a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I do not believe everything is etched in stone like the Ark of the Covenant. So as far as me losing to Quinn this week, I don't know if it's technically going to happen. Um, I'm going to need a lot of points from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Tyra Lockett cannot have five, 5.9 points again. Uh, yeah, I had a bad game last week. Uh, and Juju, uh, I'm going to have to have a good game. Bounce back uh, by Big Ben. Not a bounce back, but... Hopefully they can rattle off some points, uh, but we'll see. I think it's gonna be close. I don't think it's I, projections are, are bullshit, uh, but I think it's gonna be close. Daniel, who are Robbie's three twenty-point scorers this week on his roster? That's an excellent point, Quinn. And speaking of points, I'm a little concerned about your roster because no player on your roster has a first na- first and last name that combined for more than five syllables. Robbie, of course, has Clyde Edwards Hilaire, five syllables. Lamar Jackson, four syllables. But Juju Smith, Schuster, five syllables. Nobody crosses the five-syllable threshold this week. So much like that is a tough threshold to cross, I think the 20 <laughs> threshold is going to be tough to cross as well. Quinn, I think you've got Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Hopkins is locked. If Amari Cooper crosses that threshold and gets you to four players, that's going to be the key to victory. Easily possible against that Giants defense. Um, but easily being said, I mean, the Giants could just maybe just wreck the NFC East and beat the Cowboys, which you know, I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, but maybe I am. Speaking of Giants, Jay Cutler is a giant piece of shit. He's also the mascot for Steven's team, the feature team 
in this week's marquee matchup of the week, brought to you by Rock City Kit. Where's the place to get the hats? Rock City Kicks! Where's the place to get the shirt? Rock City Kicks! Where's the place to get the pants? Rock City Kicks! Where's the place to get the kids? Rock City Kicks! Located at 121 West Township Street. Rock City Kicks! Who's got the kicks? Rock City Kicks! <laughs> yeah, you're the, you sound just like the guy from the ad, Robbie. And we're back. Um, it's just me and Robbie here. Robbie, we've got the vampire. You just came off of beating the vampire. So as being the, the most recent victor in our league against the most dangerous opponent in our league, uh, why don't you start off and talk to me about uh, the Carolina Panthers who are on Steven's roster this week going up against Chase. Off the top of my head, without looking at anything, is the only one on his roster Mike Davis? No, he has three this week. He has Teddy Bridgewater in his starting lineup. Robbie currently. Anderson? And Robbie Anderson, correct. Yeah, ah, there we go. So uh, what do you think about him running three Carolina Panthers going up at 10 a.m., the early segment of games this, this game? Oh, sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Central time uh, against Atlanta. What do you think about that game? He's got a lot of money on it now. He is. Uh, I mean, Bridgewater, the past game has really, uh, he really it just uh, like showed that he could, he can still do what he used to be able to do. He can still throw the ball. He's not just a dink and duck quarterback. He has an arm. Uh, I still think it's risky, though, for the vampire to roll with three guys on the same team for some reason. I, I think Mike Davis is a great play. He had, what, 26, I think, against me last week, or like 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Robbie Anderson, uh, great downfield threat. But, I mean, in Atlanta's secondary is pretty banged up. But is that the best play you can make? Are there other picks out there for him to stream and pick up different quarterbacks or wide receivers? Uh, I think there probably are out there, but maybe that's just – he wants to roll the dice that way. Well, to argue in case of the Vampire – I would uh-huh. say that he's obviously got a quarterback coupling with a wide receiver and any sure. touchdown passes to a, a running back. Hopefully that would be Mike Davis, but he has the ability to couple his points uh, and then he has a running back. So it's not the most questionable alignment or the least effective alignment. Uh, it actually might be the most effective alignment for running with one team. Uh, one of the other things we should talk about is Will Fuller the fifth will fuller has been a thorn in steven's side all season long uh he has gone without will fuller in weeks that will fuller has scored a touchdown and he famously ran with will fuller early this season for i believe a score of less than five points perhaps i almost thought it was a goose egg but it wasn't but it did show up yeah yeah so this week we've got will fuller in the lineup Will Will Fuller come through for the Vampire against Chase? I I just I don't know if I trust. I get, I maybe maybe the coaching change will like inspire them. Like because like there's like that JJ Watt interaction with Bill O'Brien that kind of almost led to like him getting like ousted and everything. Yeah, so maybe there's some fire beneath their ass and just like 
you know, Deshaun Watson is going to like hook up with everybody and like throw for like four touchdowns and run for 60 yards. Uh, will Will Fuller be the centerpiece of that? I don't think so. I just, I do not like week in and week out from like past fantasy seasons. I've had Fuller on my team and he's almost like Sammy Watkins in a sense. I feel like sometimes like mm-hmm. they'll explode and then kind of peter off like pretty heavily. This is too inconsistent, I think. Well, we'll have to see how he does. Now, of course, all that information comes to the idea that he was in the shadow of DeAndre Hopkins last year and now no he's doubt. their head guy. And as we all know, when a new coach is hired midseason, he comes right in and says, Hey, let's uh let's do the, you know, number one, you throw the ball to number one and we'll score a touchdown that way. So hopefully they'll 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 just put some more simpler offense to 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 use, I guess. So, who do you do you have? Big Rocco Cornell fan. Just want to say that. Shout out. Totally. I agree. That's also awesome. Okay, so who do you have winning? You got Jay or you got Chase? Uh, I, I still have to lean to Chase. I, I think even with uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Chase. No matter what happens, even if like, yeah, Chase. Mm-hmm. I think Allen Robinson's a tone setter, and he scored 19 points on Thursday night uh, to start off the scoring in this game. So I think Chase will go on and be victorious. But I will say that due to this trade and due to the voting, if this trade is passed, I say keep Michael Thomas out of the starting lineup this week. Well, speaking of uh, keeping people out of starting lineups, we got somebody we need to put back in the starting lineup, and that's Daniel Week. Daniel. Yeah, let's take a look at the third and final matchup of the week this week. No pun intended, but Daniel Week, Empire Stands Brother, goes head-to-head against Guillermo de la Cruz. Now, the projections do not reflect the trade that is pending, but currently Kurt has a four-point spread over Daniel, 129 to 125. Quinn, do you think the trade's going to impact the matchup this week? And who do you ultimately think comes out up ahead? You know, I think the trade will uh, obviously affect it in the kicker position. Like you said, you'll get some projection points, uh, certainly when he goes in the starting lineup. And I assume you'll get some points out of Robbie Gold. Anyway, um, this is a two and two Jampire Stands brother. You know, you're, uh, you're facing your roommate you're facing your friend a college colleague uh and you know some people kind of say maybe even a big brother of yours in some ways some circles and i think that you're game for the fight and most importantly i think that uh as my projections have it i've got you winning this week in my qpc projections and i'm gonna stick with it and the main reason is because kurt has three players uh, on his IR, and Cam Newton's out with COVID. So that's my reasoning. Okay, so give me a quick review of what your QPC projections stand for on the season and what they are for week five. All right, as it stands through four weeks, I am eight and four in my projections. I aced- Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you. I aced week one. I went one and two in week two, uh, guessing the Vampires game correctly. And then in week three, I aced week three. And then last week, I again went one and two. So I'm hoping to ace this week. 
if we're thinking just about the projections, okay. Because I should say that in my projections, I've got uh, the vampire winning this week against Chase. And I would like to say one thing. I think I've messed up your projections twice. Uh, so I'm going to take Cinderella's story. Yeah. Yes. But yes. Yes, that you had me being Kurt in total yeah. enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So I got that going for me. Yes, and then two times I've guessed that you were going. Correct. Is there anything else you got going for you before we end it this week? You know, I've got you beaten, Kurt. I've got me beaten, Robbie, and I've got the vampire winning his first game now of the year. Um, so it could be a treacherous week, but really. You know, even if I'm wrong, that means good things. So, let me ask you: You got three picks for the week, but if you can only lock one in in a Carson cold lock, which one are you picking that you are guaranteeing for the week? I'm going to guarantee a win from Longbow and Shorty. I'm going to go to five and zero. Oh. Has anybody gone five and zero? Oh? Nobody has gone five and zero in league history. Robbie, to... what do you have to say? About that? Nobody's gonna ever go five and zero in league history. Ooh, Robbie, trying to go two and three, get back in the playoff discussion. Well, speaking of discussions, I'm sure that we'll have plenty to discuss in the weeks ahead. But for week five preview, I'm Daniel Week along with Robbie Courtway and Quinn Carson. This has been another episode the Vampire Journal podcast. And as always, in the words of Blade, some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate up here.